so much for another day like this. We glorify your holy name. We exalt you once again. Father, we thank you for bringing us once again today. We ask for your divine spirit to take control of this service. Let your man's servant walk in the spirit. Let the spirit use him like how he uses him always. Let oracle uh, manifestation be seen today. Let your word also come in flesh. May it also be done with us at the end of the day Mm. that we shall give glory and honor unto your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm very excited. And as usual, I'm always very excited to come your way to share the word of God with you. Having seen a lot of friends and family around, I'm I'm very excited tonight. So briefly before um, um, anything, I want us to quickly look at the topic for tonight. Tonight is Rema night and I'm speaking on the topic, how to contact the prophetic grace, how to contact the prophetic grace. And I want us to take a reading. Um, um, I, I, we will be doing what I call textual, um, um, textual preaching. So you want to pick your Bibles with me if you have, or I mean, pick your Bibles with me, or write down Second Kings chapter two, verse number one. Second Kings chapter two, verse now down, verse one downwards. I'll be sharing some of the things. So, uh, so Second Kings chapter two, verse one downwards. Actually, when I shared the, I broadcasted the theme for tonight. I I was saying to myself, oh no, this is this is not it. This is not it. What well, I've limited it because I looked at the principles that the Lord revealed to me in that in that in that um in that account of scripture and i realized that i realized that we can actually that the topic should actually be how to contact any grace that you want you desire how to contact any grace you desire so tonight you may desire some other grace but i want you to know that what we are dealing tonight or what we are working with tonight is how to contact any grace that you desire or specifically how to contact the prophetic grace. And I I say the prophetic because where we are reading from is an account about two prophets that we know. So in verse one, Bible said, now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal, were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know 
that today the Lord will take away your master from over you. And he said, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here. For the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. And as they both were standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was spattered to one side and to the other. The King James, the King James Version will say, it was divided hither and thither. <laughs> it was spattered into two one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, please, let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing, yet... If you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took out the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other and Elijah went over. Now verse 15. Is where I end. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And bowed to the ground before him. Now, tonight I am speaking to you on how to contact any grace you desire. You see, when you see a man doing extremely well in an, in an area or in a field, it presupposes that the man has a grace that enables him to operate in that dimension. When you see a woman who is doing so well in an industry or in an area, it tells you that what the man that the woman does is out of grace. So a lot of people are doing what they do 
not necessarily because they have they have worked for it, not necessarily because they have uh, perhaps you know um, 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 studied or gone to school to acquire those things, but they are doing what they do because they have received grace from above to do the things that they do. And so that is why it is very uh, um, um, immature to begin to fight a man or a woman of grace, because no matter how much you fight the man of grace, you can never destroy the grace upon his life. In fact, no matter how hard you fight the man of grace, you can never disgrace him. That is what I want to say. No matter how hard you fight a woman of grace, you can never disgrace her because the grace that she operates with is not a grace she has gotten herself. It is a grace that is given from above. Now, many years ago, there was a man called Elijah and Elijah was a strange man because this man was a man like you and I, but he was able to pray that and command, he said, it shall not rain except at my word, and it did not rain. And he said, except at my word again, it shall rain. So Elijah was not just an ordinary man. This was the man who could command fire to come down from heaven, and the fire would devour people. Are you, are you getting me? This was the man, Elijah, who could, could just, you know, um, 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 bring people together and, and begin to kill them, I prophets of Baal and all of that, and begin to kill them for, for, for they becoming um, um, rebellious to God in worshiping of Baal. So the man Elijah was not just an ordinary man. He was a man of grace. Nobody can tell me that Elijah copied calling down fire from heaven. Maybe he copied it from the fire service. <laughs> Nobody can tell me that Elijah learned it, how to call fire from above. No, everything Elijah did, it, it, it tells us that grace was at work in his life. So the man was a man of grace. That is why no matter how hard people were fighting Elijah, they could not succeed. People of God, can I announce to somebody, maybe I'm even speaking to myself and I'm speaking to somebody here, that if you are a woman or a man of grace, surely men and women will fight you and they'll fight you not because of your color or your background or your academic qualification. They will fight you because of the grace that is upon your life. But no matter how hard they try to fight you, they can never prevail because the grace that is upon you is given you from above and with the man of grace nobody can disgrace am i talking to you so elijah was fought against elijah was kicked against but they could not succeed now when elijah was about to leave let me tell you in in in, in one of the towns there was a town called bethel bethel was a very great town in fact the word bethel means the house of god so um, El and Beth. So Beth means house. It's just like Bethlehem. When you hear Beth, Beth means house. So Bethlehem, for example, means the house of bread. Are we together? And, and Beth means house. El means God. So Bethel means the house of God. So when we talk about where you can locate God, we are talking about Bethel. When, in fact, when you hear a city by the name Bethel, you should be excited because at, if you cannot find any product or service there, at least you can find the product of God there because Bethel should be where God stays, where God lives. That is Bethel. Now, in Bethel, 
there was a school. And that school was the school of the prophets. That school was the school of the prophets. And not only in Bethel, when you also go to a town they call Jericho, Jericho too was another city where there was also another school of the prophets. And then when there was, there is another town also called Jordan. Jordan too, there was another school we call the school of the prophets. And all these schools were there. In fact, when we say school of the prophets, we are not saying that it is a school where you go and you learn how to be a prophet. But all the people who were called already by God as prophets, they were enlisted in that school for mentorship. So that if you, if you sense the call of God on your life, it does not necessarily mean that that is all. Once you sense the call of God upon your life, you need to be mentored. You need to be discipled. You need to be mentored. And for me, one of the biggest and the greatest shortcomings or gaps we have in the body of Christ or we have in the church today is lack, is, is, is lack, is the lack of mentorship. We, we, uh, for, for somebody who says the call of the apostolic in his life, he has nobody to mentor him. Sometimes uh, 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 when you even want to be mentored, some people think that you are becoming, you know, unbecoming, like they say. Uh -huh. You are becoming unbecoming, like they say. There are people who they sense that they have a prophetic call upon their lives and they need mentorship. But who are the where are the fathers who mentor them? So sometimes when you want to even push further and be, be mentored, some people think that, oh, take your time. Hey, it's not time for you to you know show yourself that you are this and that. But we are not showing ourselves, we need mentorship. And in those days, the school of prophets in Bethel was serving as a school of mentorship to mentor all the people, the young men and women who were called into the office of the prophets. So they were being mentored to, to, to the place of maturity, to the place of wisdom, to the place of courage, so that by wisdom, maturity, and courage, they will stand in the prophetic office without any blemish and spot, and nobody will have any problem with them. So this was the operation and this was the practice. Now, let me tell you something. When the students were there, they were not just steady, but they had really been mentored by Elijah to the extent that, to the extent that the people or the students were now able to hear from God the same level that Elijah was hearing from God. I don't know if you are getting me. The rate and the speed at which Elijah could hear from heaven, the students were also able to hear almost at that same level. Why do I say this? I will come there. I am saying this because when you read the verse number one, verse two, verse three, four, coming downwards, even to verse seven, there were about 50 sons of the prophet who went and stood at some distance, and they were standing by the Jordan, and they were telling Elisha that, do you know that your master, the Lord, will take your master away from you today? So 
The people, you know, you know, God is coming to translate. You see, like he did for Enoch. He was coming to take Enoch away. God was coming to take Elijah away like that. And the students, although they were in school, but they had been mentored to the extent where they were able to hear from God directly. They, they picked signals from the spirit realm. They were able to pick prophetic signals from the spiritual dimension of the spiritual world, and they were able to decode and buy into the mind of God and the heart of God and had access into what God was planning that particular day. So they woke up one day in Bethel, it's a different place altogether. Jordan is another different place. Jericho is another different place. But all the students in all these schools, some way, somehow, strangely, they all knew that that particular day they woke up, the Lord was coming to pick Elijah away. So I, it, it makes me realize that the students were very sharp. They were very sharp. They were very sharp prophets. They, they were not just students going to school, but they had built a certain dimension. And it tells me also that it was not just one school of the prophet. They had one in Bethel, one in Jericho, one in Jordan. So the school of the prophets were many. But my, my problem is that when you read verse 7, verse 7, it says, verse 7 even says that there were 50 of the men of the sons of the prophets. So my question is, why is it that out of the more than 50 people in, in, in Jordan, over I don't know how many people, whether 50 or 100 people, in, or more than that in, in, in Jericho, in, in Bethel, and maybe in Gigal, over all these schools, all these schools, why is that out of the many of them who saw that that particular day there was going to be an exchange of grace, that the grace of Elijah was going to come upon Elijah. Why is that when they got to know? In fact, all of them got to know, but none of them received that grace. That is the question I've been asking myself. Anytime I read 2 Kings chapter 2, I ask myself this question over and over. Why is it that they got to know? You know, when you know that you need money, and you are actually working because of money. And genuinely, somebody comes and tells you that there is money in this corner. And you, it is a genuine money and it's a genuine corner. And when you go there, you see the money is there, but you refuse to take the money. Then we need to ask you questions. There, there is something wrong with you. It is either you, you, you're, you're, you, you are not correct or you don't really know what you want, or you, you are confused in life, or you are wasting your time or your purpose in life. Because why is it that you are working because of money and you are struggling because, of, and genuinely, genuinely, somebody comes to tell you that the money is here and that place is a genuine money, it's a genuine corner, the process is genuine, and go for it and you don't want to go for it. I have met people like that in my life. And, and I've met people, I remember one day I was, I, I, myself and my wife, we wanted this carpenter in, in our church uh, somewhere, and we wanted this person to do something for us. And this person, I had gone to that church to preach, and I was lifting prayer topics that, God, 
We should pray that God should give us opportunity. And the guy was there in the meeting praying, God, give us opportunity. And when we finished the meeting, I went to him and said, brother, I want you to do this thing for us. We need it by the close of the week so that we can pay you any amount of money you want. Give it to us because we are pressed with time. So just charge us, let's pay. Do you know that guy told me that I don't have time? And I was shocked. And it's not like he... He cannot do it. He can do it. The man has time. But I don't know what is wrong with some people. You see, you are in school. And the name of the school is, if for example, a school of, school of law, it means that what, it's, what is taught there is law. You cannot, you cannot be enrolled in the school of law and graduate as a medical student. You cannot enroll in the school of mechanics and graduate as a lawyer. It is not rational. It's not possible. So these are men who have been enrolled in the school. And the name of the school is called the school of the prophet. So all their time they are spending there, all their energies and everything they are doing, perhaps some of them have even left their wives. Like, like some of us, we experience in the Bible school, we have to leave our wives and our family and go and stay somewhere and go and learn and do all those things and we come back. So we are spending our time and our days and energies into a, in a school and you are far away from home. Why? Because you want to, you want to catch a grace. And that grace is called the prophetic grace. You want to catch that grace. Now, you are in that school and graciously, thankfully, the, the overall boss, who is like the, 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 the grandmaster or the, 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 the proprietor of the school, who is not just an office holder, but he carries the grace himself. God comes to you and tells you that I am going to release the grace of that man upon anybody who is ready. And God does not just tell you, but God goes ahead. He proceeds to tell you even the particular day that that mantle will fall. Hey, if I were you, in fact, if those days I was, I was, I, I were part of those people, I don't think that I would take it for granted. But maybe I could have behaved like them because sometimes when you are amongst a group of people, that's what we call social loafing. The way the group behaves, that is the, the same way you behave. And when it happens like that, you, you drag your feet with certain things that you are supposed to do. Things that one man can achieve within the shortest possible time. When you're in a group, you can't achieve it. Sometimes it is good to be alone, out of the crowd, and do something yourself. So maybe I'm talking like this because I'm here. But maybe if I was part of that group, I would have behaved the same way they did. Why is it that... God, you see, it was so prophetic. God did not just tell you that I am giving you a grace, but he told you the particular day that that grace will be transferred from Elijah onto anybody, anybody. And God told all the whole school, in fact, not just the whole school, all the schools, all the prophets, something you have been struggling for, something you have been fasting and praying about. And thankfully, that time has come. The day has come. God said, now you can receive the grace. And yet, not even one of them caught that grace. Not one of them. We, we need to cry. We need to be worried about this. Because this is exactly what is happening in our days. When you read the same second case, chapter number two, when you read verse 15, Bible says, when the sons of the prophet 
who were at Jericho, when they saw they, when they saw Elisha, they said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And do you know what they did? They came to meet Elisha, who was also part of them. But this time, when they met Elisha, Elisha was not just a student, but Elisha was the one who had caught the grace, and they bowed to the ground to Elisha. They bowed to the ground to Elisha. It tells you that Men of grace always stand out. Men of grace are always extraordinary. Men of grace will always be at the top. Men of grace will always be at the leading. Men of grace will always have people bowing to them. I'm telling you, this is not prophecy. This is a principle of grace. When you carry grace, you can never be put at the background. You can never be relegated at the background. When you carry grace, you can never be pushed down. When you carry grace, you can never be hidden. A man of grace is like a city that is set on a hill. A man of grace is like a light that is put on a lampstand. You cannot be hidden. Why? Because of the grace you carry. Because of the grace you carry. So the question is, see, so God is distributing graces, but sometimes people know it, they know it, they know it, but we know it all, but just few go for the grace. Just few of us go for the grace. So tonight, my assignment here tonight is to teach you how to contact the grace that you desire. But as I begin to think about it still, it looks as if maybe some of us may not be ready for this one. Because some of us, we don't even need any grace. There are people who really know that they need a certain grace. But there are people who don't even know that they need a grace at all. So maybe tonight, this message is for just one person. And I pray that you will be that one person. I pray that you will be that one person who will contact that grace we are talking about. Who will contact that grace we are talking about. Grace that makes, when Elisha, Elisha was part of the students. But when Elisha saw, and Elisha also got to know, Elisha decided to process his information carefully. So number one, are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm excited already. Are you ready for this? My God. So, one, one similarity before I even move on. Maybe I can only share one, then next week I'll continue. <laughs> but one similarity between those who were able to contact the grace and those who were not able to contact the grace. I mean, I'm talking about Elisha and the sons of the prophet is that all of them had access to information. All of them had access to information. So you realize that the same information Elisha had, that is the same information the sons of the prophet also had. So information is very important, but how you process the information will determine your next level or your next dimension in life. How you process the information acquired will determine 
your next level in the grace you want to actually catch. So information is actually key. So you cannot just get up and catch any grace without information about the grace. Now, information from a book can be a, a, can be a story. Information from the magazine can be an advertisement. But information that comes from God is called revelation. Information that comes from God is called revelation. Information that comes from the stadium may be commentary. Information that comes from the, 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 the what, 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 what can I say again, from church can be singing and dancing and the word of God, sermon and all that. But when there is an information from God, and that information is downloaded from the supernatural onto humanity, that information is called revelation. So revelation is the first thing that everybody who wants to contact grace must have. You need a revelation of that grace. Now listen and listen carefully. Everybody who is a believer or a Christian, there is a grace you must walk in and operate in. But hear this. You cannot walk in that grace when you have not caught a revelation of that grace. You need a revelation of that grace, a personal revelation of that grace, before you will be able to operate in that grace. So if you are here and you are desiring to operate in the prophetic grace, then you need a revelation of what the prophetic is. And that revelation must not come from your friend or come from your, 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 your lecturer or professor. That revelation must come from God because it is an information that can only be imparted by the spirit and not by the flesh. You need to catch a revelation of that grace. Are you with me? The revelation of that grace. So my question to you is that, do you have a personal revelation of that grace you desire? Have you caught a revelation of that grace? Do you know the spiritual thinking and reasoning, the, the particular you know, what God is thinking about that grace. You want to become this? You want to operate in that realm? You want to operate in that dimension? Have you caught a revelation of that grace? But listen carefully. Revelation has two dimensions. There are two dimensions of revelation. We have the revelation that comes from the spirit. And we have the revelation that comes from the word. The revelation that comes from the spirit and the revelation that comes from the word. A lot of times, the revelation that comes from the spirit is also called, it's also called vision. It's also called vision. So when somebody catches a revelation of the spirit, the person can say, I have caught a vision. 
I have seen a vision. The Lord has opened my eyes. I have seen something strange. I have seen in my dream. I have seen openly. I was walking about and the Lord opened my eyes and I saw. So revelation by the spirit can also be called revelation of, of visions or visions. So anytime you have visions, you can also say you have caught a revelation by the spirit. Now, there is also another dimension of revelation we call the revelation of the word. Now, the written word is called locus, and the, 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 the spirit word or the, the revealed word, the revealed word out of the logos is called rema. So, the revelation of the word is also called rema. So, we have visions and we have rema. Revelation of the word is the rema. And revelation of the spirit is the visions. So anytime a man wants to begin to operate in a certain dimension of grace, you need to catch either a revelation of the word, the rema, or you catch a revelation of the spirit, which is the vision. So you must catch a vision or you must catch a rema of the kind of grace you want to operate in. Otherwise, you will not be able to walk in that grace. This is what happened to Elisha. So Elisha caught a revelation by the spirit. He was just there. And one day God spoke to him and said, I am coming to take Elijah away. And there is a, there is a mantle on him that must fall upon your life. So make sure you catch this mantle. And God spoke to all the sons of the prophet, but none of them caught it. So Elisha, just like all the sons of the prophet, were able to catch the vision, the revelation of the spirit, and they were able to know what God was about to do with the prophetic grace that day. My prayer for you is that tonight, God will begin to take you to the dimensions where you begin to have revelation of the word and revelation of the spirit. Now, when we talk about revelation of the, of the word, the rhema, there are treasures in the word of God. Where there are treasures in the, in the word of God. That the, the word of God carries so much, so much blessings, so much treasures. You know, I was sharing this with somebody. I was telling the person that everything about Christianity is in the word. Everything about Christianity is in the word. But not everybody who has the word actually is able to become what God wants him to become. You need to extract what the promises of God are in the word before you'll be able to have them. God has promised all of us, but not everybody will enjoy the promises of God. God has given promises to all of us, but not everyone will enjoy the promises of God because the promises of God are there, but we need men who can buy into, enter into the word and catch the the rema, the rema, the revelation of the word, bring the spirit out of the letters. These are the people who will be able to see the revelation of the word. Now, when you catch a revelation of the word concerning the grace you desire, oh my God, it is the beginning of greater things to happen. So, all I am trying to say as a foundation, and this is just a foundation, that everyone 
who desires to walk and operate in a deep dimension of any grace you desire, whether it is a healing grace, whether it is a prophetic grace, you need to catch a revelation of the word. You need to have a rema, a catch a revelation of the word or catch the revelation of the spirit before you will have a good platform to stand on to enter into operation. You want to, you want to operate in the healing grace. There is what you need to know about healing. But you cannot just stand up, get up, and go and you, 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 you be healing people like that. No, that's not what we do. There are two dimensions of, in fact, let me say this, that you, everybody must walk in both dimensions. Can I say this again? Everyone must walk in both dimensions. You must walk in the dimension of the revelation of the word and walk in the dimension of the revelation of the spirit. Now, the revelation of the word, what it does is that it grounds you and it gives you a certain, you know, a certain authority to operate from. You need a certain dimension of faith to operate with. And that dimension of faith will come from the revelation of the word. So when you read the Bible and you read the Bible and you read, and as you are reading the Logos, now you enter into the Rema and you begin to catch a revelation about healing. And it is not just what people have been preaching, but something you saw yourself in the word. Something your eye, whilst you are reading the word, your eyes were open suddenly and you saw the truth. The reality, the truth in the word. They say, hey, so this is in the word and I never knew this. It is called Rema. When you, when you catch Rema, Rema produces faith in you. And that faith that is produced in you is able to cause you, give you an authority to operate in that grace. Now, for example, somebody will read the word and will read the word and will read the word and as you are reading about, let me say, for example, he said, in, you, you read the Bible, and the Bible said, and he himself took our pain. He himself took our infirmity. Bishop David Oyedepo was reading that particular scripture in Isaiah. Whilst he read, he said, ah, so if he took it, he took my infirmity and sicknesses away. If he took it, and I am still sick. It means that I am a thief. That is the rhema. This rhema is not found in anywhere in the Bible. You need to go deep into the word for you to catch it. The man was reading the Bible. He said, ah, he took my infirmity. He took it away. So if Jesus took it away, it means the thing is no more there. As long as I am still sick, it means that I am a thief. That is him. No, he has studied the word and caught that rhema. The day he caught that rhema of that word, that was the day he started working in divine health. That was the day sicknesses and diseases left him completely because he came to understand that if it is not there, if it has been taken away, then it is not there. If it is not there, then it, it should not be there. 
For it to be there, it means that I have to go and steal it and bring it back. Then I'm a thief. And I don't want to be a thief. So that is the dimension we are talking about. So when you catch such a dimension of rhema or revelation, it produces faith in you. Now, when you meet somebody who is sick and you are praying for such a person because of the revelation of the word and the rhema you have caught from the word, when you are praying for a sick person, you realize that your, your prayer is backed by so much authority because that authority is produced out of the revelation of the word. Am I talking to somebody? So if you want to walk in the healing grace, don't just jump up and just go around and start saying, oh, I, I want to, I want to, I want to operate in the healing grace. You see, uh, you see, uh, what, what's the name of this man? Uh, Reverend Pastor Benny Hinn, operating in the, in the, in the healing. You see, Pastor Chris, these are people I know who are into the healing grace. You see them and you want to operate in them in that dimension. You don't just get up and start going around and praying for people to be healed. No, they are working in the grace. You want to operate and contact that grace. The first thing you need to do is to go back and catch a revelation of the word concerning that grace they are operating from. You need to catch it and it must be personal. You need to go into the word by yourself. Don't listen to what people have preached. Don't listen to what people have said. Go open the Bibles, the Bible, open the Bible, the pages of the Bible yourself and begin to search through scripture. Begin to read and meditate and meditate and meditate. Out of the meditation you are doing, you realize that you will catch a rhema and that rhema will produce faith in you and that faith will give you authority to operate in that grace. Am I talking to somebody? Then there is what we call the revelation of the spirit. Now, the revelation of the spirit is what I call vision. But there is also what we call, um, you see, like I said, Elisha caught the revelation of the spirit because the Holy Ghost himself came and gave him an information that naturally he would never have known. So you realize that that revelation of the spirit that came unto Elisha gave him an authority and a certain dimension of, of grace to, 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 to go all out for what he was looking for. So Elisha now go back, goes back to Elijah and says, sir, as long as your soul lives and you live and my soul lives, I will not leave you or forsake you until that grace has come upon me. And that was how Elisha began to contact the grace on Elijah. So people of God, tonight, I wanted to begin to now talk about about seven steps, how to contact the grace, any grace you desire. There are different graces, but I have given you tonight the foundation that will help you to make the next step. 
So without this foundation, we will not be able to progress. So I want to give you this foundation. And the foundation is that before you walk in any grace, you must catch the revelation of that grace. I believe by now you understand what I'm trying to say. So tonight, I want to end here. But before I end, I would just want you to know that I saw a man. The man gave 50,000 Ghana cities, and that was his evening service offering. Evening service offering. It was not harvest time. It was not annual offering. It was just evening, evening service collection. <laughs> evening service collection offering. And the man gave offering, collection, evening service, 50,000 Ghana cities. That is somebody's two years or three years annual salary. 50,000 in one night. And he gave it without stress. As I am talking like this, I remember somebody met a certain man of God I know. I will not mention his name. When the person met the man of God, he said, Sir, um, please, I want to give you $1 million. It is very small, but pray for me so that when things go well, I will bring you bigger seed. So please accept, I beg you, accept this $1 million for me, just like that. And this man is begging another man to just take one million dollars. And he's begging him, begging him to take it. That is what I call grace. There are people who, who work in 50,000 Ghana cities grace. There are people too who can give one million dollars and the one million dollars is like, is like peanuts. It's like it's like, uh, how do you call that thing? It's like small, small money. It's like coins. And the man of God who was also being begged to receive $1 million, that is also another grace where people are begging you to take a, a, a five-bedroom house apartment. Say, man of God, please, I beg you, you take this five-bedroom house apartment. I know that you deserve more than that, but please, you take this small one for me. It is also called grace. There are people who carry the grace of favor that when they come around, almost every day, somebody favors them. It is called grace. There are people too who carry a certain grace where even $1 million is like coins to them. It's like coins. So this evening, I don't know. I have come to understand that there is nothing new under the sun. That everything you want to become in this world, somebody has already become it. And everything you want to do in this world, somebody has done it before. There is nothing new under the sun. You want to build a multi-million million, um, um, uh, company, IT technology company, or media company, somebody has done it. You think you are the only person with this idea. Oh, it's a lie. Somebody somewhere has caught this idea and has worked with it and has produced results even more than you. I came to tell you tonight that every, there, are, there are dimensions of graces. 
So this evening, before I leave you, I want to give you five minutes right now to lift up your holy hands with me and lift up your voice. You have met with your family, with your loved ones, wherever you are. You want to lift up prayer and say, God, the, the grace you desire, I don't know. But you are telling God and speaking to God tonight and say, God, give me this grace. But give me the revelation of this grace. Give me a personal revelation of this grace that I desire in the name of Jesus. Some people don't desire it, but I want you to begin to desire. What is the grace you desire? What is the grace you are looking for? What is the grace you want to operate in right now? You want to begin to open your mouth and begin to lift up your voice and begin to pray and say, God, oh, give me the revelation of this grace. Give me the revelation of the prophetic. Give me the revelation of the I want to Pray for the revelation of the 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Amen. Thank you for another time in your presence. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the revelation of your word and of your spirit. Thank you that from tonight, your people have been given the foundation to begin to walk and contact any grace they desire. I give you all the glory, O God, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Wow. God bless you so much for tonight. I want to just give an announcement and I'll be out of here. Ha ha ha. Shadabalabadosha. so much for another day like this we glorify your holy name we exalt you once again father we thank you for bringing us once again today we ask for your divine spirit to take control of this service let your man servant walk in the spirit let the spirit use him like how he uses him always let oracle a manifestation be seen today let your word also come in flesh may it also be done with us at the end of the day mm. that we shall give glory and honor unto your holy name in jesus mighty name we pray amen 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 amen, amen. i'm very excited 
And as usual, I'm always very excited to come your way to share the word of God with you. Having seen a lot of friends and family around, I'm, I'm very excited tonight. So briefly before um, um, anything, I want us to quickly look at the topic for tonight. Tonight is Rema night and I'm speaking on the topic, how to contact the prophetic grace, how to contact the prophetic grace. And I want us to take a reading um, um, and we will be doing what I call textual, um, um, textual preaching. So you want to pick your Bibles with me if you have, or I mean, pick your Bibles with me or write down 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 1, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse now down, verse 1 downwards. I'll be sharing some of the things so uh, so second Kings chapter 2 verse 1 downwards actually when I shared the I broadcasted the theme for tonight I, I was saying to myself oh no this is this is not it this is not it well I've limited it because I looked at the principles that the Lord revealed to me in that in that in that um in that account of scripture and i realized that i realized that we can actually that the topic should actually be how to contact any grace that you want you desire how to contact any grace you desire so tonight you may desire some other grace but i want you to know that what we are dealing tonight or what we are working with tonight is how to contact any grace that you desire or specifically how to contact the prophetic grace. And I, I say the prophetic because where we are reading from is an account about two prophets that we know. So in verse one, Bible said, now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal, were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here. For the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elijah and said to him, do you know that the, today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, please, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. 
But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. And as they both were standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was spattered to one side and to the other. The King James, the King James Version will say, it was divided hither and thither. <laughs> it was spattered into two, one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, please, let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other and Elijah went over. Now verse 15 is where I end. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And bowed to the ground before him. Now, tonight I am speaking to you on how to contact any grace you desire. You see, when you see a man doing extremely well in an, in an area or in a field, it presupposes that the man has a grace that enables him to operate in that dimension. When you see a woman who is doing so well in an industry or in an area, it tells you that what the man, the, the woman does is out of grace. So a lot of people are doing what they do, not necessarily because they have, they have worked for it, not necessarily because they have uh, perhaps, you know, um, 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 studied or gone to school to acquire those things, but they are doing what they do because they have received grace from above to do the things that they do. And so that is why it is very um, um, immature to begin to fight a man or a woman of grace because no matter how much you fight the man of grace you can never destroy the grace upon his life in fact no matter how hard you fight the man of grace you can never disgrace him 
That is what I want to say. No matter how hard you fight a woman of grace, you can never disgrace her because the grace that she operates with is not a grace she has gotten herself. It is a grace that is given from above. Now, many years ago, there was a man called Elijah and Elijah was a strange man because this man was a man like you and I, but he was able to pray that and command. He said, it shall not rain except at my word. And it did not rain. And he said, except at my word again, it shall rain. So Elijah was not just an ordinary man. This was the man who could command fire to come down from heaven and the fire would devour people. Are you, are you getting me? This was the man, Elijah, who could, could just you know, and, and, and bring people together and, and begin to kill them, I prophets of Baal and all of that, and begin to kill them for, for, for they becoming um, 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 rebellious to God in worshiping of Baal. So the man Elijah was not just an ordinary man. He was a man of grace. Nobody can tell me that Elijah copied calling down fire from heaven. Maybe he copied it from the fire service. <laughs> Nobody can tell me that Elijah learned it, how to call fire from above. No, everything Elijah did, it, it, it tells us that grace was at work in his life. So the man was a man of grace. That is why no matter how hard people were fighting Elijah, they could not succeed. People of God, can I announce to somebody, maybe I'm even speaking to myself and I'm speaking to somebody here, that if you are a woman or a man of grace, surely men and women will fight you and they'll fight you not because of your color or your background or your academic qualification. They will fight you because of the grace that is upon your life. But no matter how hard they try to fight you, they can never prevail because the grace that is upon you is you from above and with the man of grace nobody can disgrace am i talking to you so elijah was fought against elijah was kicked against but they could not succeed now when elijah was about to leave let me tell you in in in, in one of the town there was a town called bethel bethel was a very great town in fact the word bethel means the house of god so um, L and Beth. So Beth means house. It's just like Bethlehem. When you hear Beth, Beth means house. So Bethlehem, for example, means the house of bread. Are we together? And, and Beth means house. L means God. So Bethel means the house of God. So when we talk about where you can locate God, we are talking about Bethel. When, in fact, when you hear a city by the name Bethel, you should be excited because at, if you cannot find any product or service there, at least you can find the product of God there because Bethel should be where God stays, where God lives. That is Bethel. Now, in Bethel, there was a school and that school was the school of the prophets. That school was the school of the prophets. And not only in Bethel, when you also go to a town they call Jericho, Jericho too was another city where there was also another school of the prophets. And then when there was, there is another town also called Jordan. Jordan too, there was another school we call the school of the prophets. And all these schools were there. In fact, when we say school of the prophets, 
we are not saying that it is a school where you go and you learn how to be a prophet. But all the people who were called already by God as prophets, they were enlisted in that school for mentorship. So that if you, if you sense the call of God on your life, it does not necessarily mean that that is all. Once you sense the call of God upon your life, you need to be mentored. You need to be discipled. You need to be mentored. And for me, one of the biggest and the greatest shortcomings or gaps we have in the body of Christ or we have in the church today is lack is is, is lack is the lack of mentorship. We we uh, for, for for somebody who says the call of the apostolic in his life, he has nobody to mentor him. Sometimes uh, 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 when you even want to be mentored, some people think that you are becoming you know unbecoming, like they say. Uh -huh. You are becoming unbecoming, like they say. There are people who they sense that they have a prophetic call upon their lives and they need mentorship. But who are the where are the fathers who mentor them? So sometimes when you want to even push further and be, be mentored, some people think that, oh, take your time. Hey, it's not time for you to, you know, show yourself that you are this and that. But we are not showing ourselves. We need mentorship. And in those days, the school of prophets in Bethel was serving as a school of mentorship to mentor all the people, the young men and women who were called into the office of the prophets. So they were being mentored to, to, to the place of maturity, to the place of wisdom, to the place of courage, so that by wisdom, maturity, and courage, they will stand in the prophetic office without any blemish and spot, and nobody will have any problem with them. So this was the operation and this was the practice. Now, let me tell you something. When the students were there, they were not just steady, but they had really been mentored by Elijah to the extent that, to the extent that the people or the students were now able to hear from God the same level that Elijah was hearing from God. I don't know if you are getting me. The rate and the speed at which Elijah could hear from heaven, the students were also able to hear almost at that same level. Why do I say this? I will come there. I am saying this because when you read the verse number one, verse two, verse three, four, coming downwards, even to verse seven, there were about 50 sons of the prophet who went and stood at some distance, and they were standing by the Jordan, and they were telling Elisha that, do you know that your master, the Lord, will take your master away from you today? So the people, you know, God is coming to translate, you see, like he did for Enoch, he was coming to take Enoch away. God was coming to take Elijah away like that. And the students, although they were in school, but they had been mentored to the extent where they were able to hear from God directly. They, they picked signals from the spirit realm. They were able to pick prophetic signals from the spiritual dimension of the spiritual world, and they were able to decode and buy into the mind of God and the heart of God and had access into what God was planning that particular day. So they woke up one day, 
In Bethel, it's a different place altogether. Jordan is another different place. Jericho is another different place. But all the students in all these schools, some way, somehow, strangely, they all knew that that particular day they woke up, the Lord was coming to pick Elijah away. So I, it, it makes me realize that the students were very sharp. They were very sharp. They were very sharp prophets. They, they were not just students going to school, but they had built a certain dimension. And it tells me also that it was not just one school of the prophet. They had one in Bethel, one in Jericho, one in Jordan. So the school of the prophets were many. But my, my problem is that when you read verse 7, verse 7, says, verse 7 even says that there were 50 of the men of the sons of the prophets. So my question is, why is it that out of the more than 50 people in, in, in Jordan, over I don't know how many people, whether 50 or 100 people, in, or more than that in, in, in Jericho, in, in Bethel, and maybe in Gigal, over all these schools, all these schools, why is that out of the many of them who saw that that particular day there was going to be an exchange of grace, that the grace of Elijah was going to come upon Elijah. Why is that when they got to know, in fact, all of them got to know, but none of them received that grace. That is the question I've been asking myself. Anytime I read 2 Kings chapter 2, I ask myself this question over and over. Why is it that they got to know, you know, when you know that you need money, and you are actually working because of money. And genuinely, somebody comes and tells you that there is money in this corner. And you, it is a genuine money and it's a genuine corner. And when you go there, you see the money is there, but you refuse to take the money. Then we need to ask you questions. There, there is something wrong with you. It is either you, you, you're, you're, you, you are not correct or you don't really know what you want, or you, you are confused in life, or you are wasting your time or your purpose in life. Because why is it that you are working because of money and you are struggling because, of, and genuinely, genuinely, somebody comes to tell you that the money is here and that place is a genuine money, it's a genuine corner, the process is genuine, and go for it and you don't want to go for it. I have met people like that in my life. And, and I've met people, I remember one day I was, I, I, myself and my wife, we wanted this carpenter in, in our church uh, in somewhere, and we wanted this person to do something for us. And this person, I had gone to that church to preach, and I was lifting prayer topics that God, we should pray that God should give us opportunity. And the guy was there in the meeting, praying, God, give us opportunity. And when we finished the meeting, I went to him and said, brother, I want you to do this thing for us. We need it by the close of the week so that we can pay any amount of money you want. Give it to us because we are pressed with time. So just charge us, let's pay. Do you know the guy told me that I don't have time? And I was shocked. And it's not like he... He cannot do it. He can do it. The man has time. But I don't know what is wrong with some people. You see, you are in school. And the name of the school is, if for example, a school of, school of law, it means that what, it's, what is taught there is law. You cannot, you cannot be enrolled in the school of law and graduate as a medical student. 
you cannot enroll in the school of mechanics and graduate as a lawyer. It is not rational. It's not possible. So these are men who have been enrolled in the school. And the name of the school is called the School of the Prophet. So all their time they are spending there, all their energies and everything they are doing, perhaps some of them have even left their wives. Like, like some of us, we experience in the Bible school, we have to leave our wives and our family and go and stay somewhere and go and learn and do all those things and we come back. So we are spending our time and our days and energies into a, in a school and you are far away from home. Why? Because you want to, you want to catch a grace. And that grace is called the prophetic grace. You want to catch that grace. Now, you are in that school. And graciously, thankfully, the, the overall boss, who is like the, 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 the grandmaster or the, 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 the proprietor of the school, who is not just an office holder, but he carries the grace himself. God comes to you and tells you that I am going to release the grace of that man upon anybody who is ready. And God does not just tell you, but God goes ahead. He proceeds to tell you even the particular day that that mantle will fall. Hey, if I were you, in fact, if those days I was, I was, I, I were part of those people, I don't think that I would take it for granted, but maybe I could have behaved like that because sometimes when you are amongst a group of people, that's what we call social loafing. The way the group behaves, that is the same way you behave. And when it happens like that, you, you drag your feet with certain things that you are supposed to do. Things that one man can achieve within the shortest possible time. When you're in a group, you can't achieve it. Sometimes it is good to be alone, out of the crowd and do something yourself. So maybe I'm talking like this because I'm here, but maybe if I was part of that group, I would have behaved the same way they did. Why is it that God, you see, it was so prophetic. God did not just tell you that I am giving you a grace, but he told you the particular day that that grace will be transferred from Elijah onto anybody, anybody. And God told all the whole school, in fact, not just the whole school, all the schools, all the prophets, Something you have been struggling for. Something you have been fasting and praying about. And thankfully, the time has come. The day has come. God said, now you can receive the grace. And yet, not even one of them caught that grace. Not one of them. We, we need to cry. We need to be worried about this. Because this is exactly what is happening in our days. When you read the same second case, Chapter number two, when you read verse 15, Bible says, when the sons of the prophet who were at Jericho, when they saw, they, when they saw Elisha, they said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And do you know what they did? They came to meet Elisha, who was also part of them. But this time when they met Elisha, Elisha was not just a student, but Elisha was the one who had caught the grace and they bowed to the ground to Elisha. They bowed to the ground to Elisha. It tells you that men of grace always stand out. Men of grace are always extraordinary. Men of grace will always be at the top. 
Men of grace will always be at the leading. Men of grace will always have people bowing to them. I'm telling you, this is not prophecy. This is a principle of grace. When you carry grace, you can never be put at the background. You can never be relegated at the background. When you carry grace, you can never be pushed down. When you carry grace, you can never be hidden. A man of grace is like a city that is set on a hill. A man of grace is like a light that is put on a lampstand. You cannot be hidden. Why? Because of the grace you carry. Because of the grace you carry. So the question is, see, so God is distributing graces, but sometimes people know it, they, they know it, they know it, but we know it all, but just few go for the grace. Just few of us go for the grace. So tonight, my assignment here tonight is to teach you how to contact the grace that you desire. But as I begin to think about it still, it looks as if maybe some of us may not be ready for this one. Because some of us, we don't even need any grace. There are people who really know that they need a certain grace. But there are people who don't even know that they need a grace at all. So maybe tonight, this message is for just one person. And I pray that you will be that one person. I pray that you will be that one person who will contact that grace we are talking about. Who will contact that grace we are talking about. Grace that makes... When Elisha... Elisha was part of the students. But when Elisha saw, and Elisha also got to know, Elisha decided to process his information carefully. So number one, are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm excited already. Are you ready for this? My God. So, one, one similarity before I even move on. Maybe I can only share one, then next week I'll continue. <laughs> but one similarity between those who were able to contact the grace and those who were not able to contact the grace. I mean, I'm talking about Elisha and the sons of the prophet is that all of them had access to information. All of them had access to information. So you realize that the same information Elisha had, that is the same information the sons of the prophet also had. So information is very important, but how you process the information will determine your next level or your next dimension in life. How you process the information acquired will determine your next level in the grace you want to actually catch. So information is actually key. So you cannot just get up and catch any grace without information about the grace. Now, information from a book can be a, a, can be a story. Information from the magazine can be an advertisement, but information that comes from God is called revelation. Information that comes from God is called revelation. 
Information that comes from the stadium may be commentary. Information that comes from the 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 the, the what, what 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 can I say again from church can be singing and dancing and the word of God sermon and all that. But when there is an information from God, and that information is downloaded from the supernatural onto humanity, that information is called revelation. So revelation is the first thing that everybody who wants to contact grace must have. You need a revelation of that grace. Now listen and listen carefully. Everybody who is a believer or a Christian, there is a grace you must walk in and operate in. But hear this. You cannot walk in that grace when you have not caught a revelation of that grace. You need a revelation of that grace, a personal revelation of that grace, before you will be able to operate in that grace. So if you are here, and you are desiring to operate in the prophetic grace, then you need a revelation of what the prophetic is. And that revelation must not come from your friend or come from your, 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 your lecturer or professor. That revelation must come from God because it is an information that can only be imparted by the spirit and not by the flesh. You need to catch a revelation of that grace. Are you with me? The revelation of that grace. So my question to you is that, do you have a personal revelation of that grace you desire? Have you caught a revelation of that grace? Do you know the spiritual thinking and reasoning the, the particular, you know, what God is thinking about that grace. You want to become this? You want to operate in that realm? You want to operate in that dimension? Have you caught a revelation of that grace? But listen carefully. Revelation has two dimensions. There are two dimensions of revelation. We have the revelation that comes from the spirit. And we have the revelation that comes from the word. The revelation that comes from the spirit and the revelation that comes from the word. A lot of times, the revelation that comes from the spirit is also called, is also called vision. It's also called vision. So when somebody catches a revelation of the spirit, the person can say, I I have caught a vision. I have seen a vision. The Lord has opened my eyes. I have seen something strange. I have seen in my dream. I have seen openly. I was walking about and the Lord opened my eyes and I saw. So revelation by the spirit can also be called revelation of, of visions or visions. So anytime you have visions, you can also say you have caught a revelation by the spirit. Now, there is also another dimension of revelation we call the revelation of the word. 
Now, the written word is called locals, and the, 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 the spirit word or the, the revealed word, the revealed word out of the logos is called rima. So the revelation of the word is also called rima. So we have visions and we have rima. Revelation of the word is the rima. And revelation of the spirit is the visions. So anytime a man wants to begin to operate in a certain dimension of grace, you need to catch either a revelation of the word, the rema, or you catch a revelation of the spirit, which is the vision. So you must catch a vision or you must catch a rema of the kind of grace you want to operate in. Otherwise, you will not be able to walk in that grace. This is what happened to Elisha. So Elisha caught a revelation by the spirit. He was just there and one day God spoke to him and said, I am coming to take Elijah away. And there is a, there is a mantle on him that must fall upon your life. So make sure you catch this mantle. And God spoke to all the sons of the prophet, but none of them caught it. So Elisha just like all the sons of the prophet were able to catch the vision, the revelation of the spirit, and they were able to know what God was about to do with the prophetic grace that day. My prayer for you is that tonight, God will begin to take you to the dimensions where you begin to have revelation of the word and revelation of the spirit. Now, when we talk about revelation of the, of the word, the rima, there are treasures in the word of God. Where there are treasures in the, in the word of God. The, the, the word of God carries so much, so much blessings, so much treasures. You know, I was sharing this with somebody. I was telling the person that everything about Christianity is in the word. Everything about Christianity is in the word. But not everybody who has the word actually is able to become what God wants him to become. You need to extract what the promises of God are in the word before you'll be able to have them. God has promised all of us, but not everybody will enjoy the promises of God. God has given promises to all of us, but not everyone will enjoy the promises of God because the promises of God are there, but we need men who can buy into, enter into the word and catch the the rema, the rema, the revelation of the word, bring the spirit out of the letters. These are the people who will be able to see the revelation of the word. Now, when you catch a revelation of the word concerning the grace you desire, oh my God, it is the beginning of greater things to happen. So, all I am trying to say as a foundation, and this is just a foundation, that everyone who desires to walk and operate in a deep dimension of any grace you desire, whether it is a healing grace, whether it is a prophetic grace, you need to catch a revelation of the word. You need to have a rima, a catch a revelation of the word or catch the revelation of the spirit before you will have a good platform to stand on to enter into operation. You want to 
you want to operate in the healing grace, there is what you need to know about healing. But you cannot just stand up, get up, and go and you, 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 you be healing people like that. No, that is not what we do. There are two dimensions of, in fact, let me say this, that you, everybody must work in both dimensions. Can I say this again? Everyone must work in both dimensions. You must work in the dimension of the revelation of the word and work in the dimension of the revelation of the spirit. Now, the revelation of the word, what it does is that it grounds you and it gives you a certain you know, a certain authority to operate from. You need a certain dimension of faith to operate with. And that dimension of faith will come from the revelation of the word. So when you read the Bible and you read the Bible and you read, and as you are reading the Logos, now you enter into the Rema and you begin to catch a revelation about healing. And it is not just what people have been preaching, but Something you saw yourself in the word. Something your eye, whilst you were reading the word, your eyes were open suddenly and you saw the truth, the reality, the truth in the word. And you said, hey, so this is in the word and I never knew this. It is called Rema. When you, when you catch Rema, Rema produces faith in you. And that faith that is produced in you is able to cause you, give you an authority to operate in that grace. Now, for example, somebody will read the word and will read the word and will read the word. And as you are reading about, let me say, for example, he said, in, you, you read the Bible and the Bible said, and he himself took our pain. He himself took our infirmity. Bishop David Oyedepo was reading that particular scripture in Isaiah. Once he read, he said, ah, so if he took it, he took my infirmity and sicknesses away. If he took it and I am still sick, it means that I am a thief. That is the rhema. This rhema is not found in anywhere in the Bible. You need to go deep into the word for you to catch it. The man was reading the Bible. He said, ah, he took my infirmity. He took it away. So if Jesus took it away, it means that thing is no more there. As long as I am still sick, it means that I am a thief. That is him. No, he has studied the word and caught that rhema. The day he caught that rhema of that word, that was the day he started working in divine health. That was the day sicknesses and diseases left him completely because he came to understand that if it is not there, if it has been taken away, then it is not there. If it is not there, then it, it should not be there. For it to be there, it means that I have to go and steal it and bring it back. Then I'm a thief and I don't want to be a thief. So that is the dimension we are talking about. So when you catch such a dimension of rhema or revelation, it produces faith in you. Now, when you meet somebody who is sick and you are praying for such a person because of the revelation of the word and the rhema you have caught from the word, when you are praying for a sick person, you realize that your, your prayer is backed by so much authority because that authority is produced out of the revelation of the word. 
Am I talking to somebody? So if you want to walk in the healing grace, don't just jump up and just go around and start saying, oh, I, I want to, I want to, I want to operate in the healing grace. You see, uh, you see, uh, what, what's the name of this man? Uh, Reverend Pastor Benny Hinn operating in the, in the, in the healing. You see, Pastor Chris, these are people I know who are into the healing grace. You see them and you want to operate in them in that dimension. You don't just get up and start going around and praying for people to be healed. No, they are working in a grace. You want to operate and contact that grace. The first thing you need to do is to go back and catch a revelation of the word concerning that grace they are operating from. You need to catch it and it must be personal. You need to go into the word by yourself. Don't listen to what people have preached. Don't listen to what people have said. Go open the Bibles, the Bible, open the Bible, the pages of the Bible yourself and begin to search through scripture. Begin to read and meditate and meditate and meditate. Out of the meditation you are doing, you realize that you catch a rhema and that rhema will produce faith in you and that faith will give you authority to operate in that grace. Am I talking to somebody? Then there is what we call the revelation of the spirit. Now, the revelation of the spirit is what I call vision. But there is also what we call, um, you see, like I said, Elisha caught the revelation of the spirit because the Holy Ghost himself came and gave him an information that naturally he would never have known. So you realize that that revelation of the spirit that came onto Elisha gave him an authority and a certain dimension of, of grace to, 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 to go all out for what he was looking for. So Elisha now go back, goes back to Elijah and says, sir, as long as your soul lives and you live and my soul lives, I will not leave you or forsake you until that grace has come upon me. And that was how Elisha began to contact the grace on Elijah. So people of God, tonight, I wanted to begin to now talk about, about seven steps, how to contact the grace, any grace you desire. There are different graces, but I have given you tonight the foundation that will help you to make the next step. So without this foundation, we will not be able to progress. So I want to give you this foundation. And the foundation is that before you walk in any grace, you must catch the revelation of that grace. I believe by now you understand what I'm trying to say. So tonight, I want to end here. But before I end, I would just want you to know that I saw a man. The man gave 50,000 Ghana cities and that was his evening service offering evening service offering. It was not harvest time. 
It was not annual offering. It was just evening, evening service collection. <laughs> evening service collection offering. And the man gave offering, collection, evening service, 50,000 Ghana cities. That is somebody's two years or three years annual salary. 50,000 in one night. And he gave it without stress. As I am talking like this, I remember somebody met a certain man of God I know. I will not mention his name. When the person met the man of God, he said, Sir, um, please, I want to give you one million dollars. It is very small, but pray for me so that when things go well, I will bring you bigger seed. So please accept, I beg you, accept this one million dollars for me, just like that. And this man is begging another man to just take one million dollars. And he's begging him, begging him to take it. That is what I call grace. There are people who, who work in 50,000 Ghana cities grace. There are people too who can give one million dollars and the one million dollars is like, it's like peanuts. It's like it's like, uh, how do you call that thing? It's like small, small money. It's like coins. And the man of God who was also being begged to receive $1 million, that is also another grace where people are begging you to take a, a, a five-bedroom house apartment. Say, man of God, please, I beg you, you take this five-bedroom house apartment. I know that you deserve more than that, but please, you take this small one for me. It is also called grace. There are people who carry the grace of favor that when they come around, almost every day, somebody favors them. It is called grace. There are people too who carry a certain grace where even $1 million is like coins to them. It's like coins. So this evening, I don't know. I have come to understand that there is nothing new under the sun. That everything you want to become in this world, somebody has already become it. And everything you want to do in this world, somebody has done it before. There is nothing new under the sun. You want to build a multi-million million, um, um, a company, IT technology company or media company, somebody has done it. You think you are the only person with this idea. Oh, it's a lie. Somebody somewhere has caught this idea and has worked with it and has produced results even more than you. I came to tell you tonight that every, there, are, there are dimensions of graces. So this evening... Before I leave you, I want to give you five minutes right now to lift up your holy hands with me and lift up your voice. You have met with your family, with your loved ones, wherever you are. You want to lift up prayer and say, God, the, the grace you desire, I don't know. But you are telling God and speaking to God tonight and say, God, give me this grace. But give me the revelation of this grace. Give me a personal revelation of this grace that I desire in the name of Jesus. Some people don't desire it, but I want you to begin to desire. What is the grace you desire? What is the grace you are looking for? What is the grace you want to operate in? Right now, 
You want to begin to open your mouth and begin to lift up your voice and begin to pray and say, God, oh, give me the revelation of this grace. Give me the revelation of the prophetic. Give me the revelation of the Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The grace you are releasing right now. Thank you, Jesus. For the grace you are giving us. For the revelation of the prophet. For the revelation of financial prosperity. For the revelation of kingdom prosperity. For the revelation of peace and establishment. For the revelation of for the revelation of the spirit in the living of the Revelation of the Spirit. Dimension, teaching dimension, 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Amen. Thank you for another time in your presence. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the revelation of your word and of your spirit. Thank you that from tonight, your people have been given the foundation to begin to walk and contact any grace they desire. I give you all the glory, O God, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Wow. God bless you so much for tonight. I want to just give an announcement and I'll be out of here. Ha ha ha. Shada balabadosha. <laughs>